there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your new favorite travel podcast, where I host D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. And this, I can almost promise you, it's going to be a really quick one. Um, my birthday is coming up, and many of us use birthdays as personal new years, um, a new start clock, a timer, if you will, on the year. I can't say that I really do that, but for the purposes of this episode, that's what I'm going to do. I fucking love birthdays, love, love, love birthdays. They are to me, your own personal holiday. And I'm a, I'm a holiday girl. I enjoy a good celebration. And that's exactly what your birthday is. It's a celebration of you being here. And probably also because gifts are one of my primary love language and gifts have, I mean, birthdays also happen to be a gift giving holiday. Um, so I kind of wanted to just do a quick little review. Uh, it was on my spirit, this, this go around for episode content. I, I had a, I actually had a pretty good year. There of course were some, and I guess this will be a, an in shit, an end shit kind of episode, you know, to the travel and shit. But I did have a good year. I had not so great things happen, of course. However, overall, I look back and see more good than I see bad. I ended up doing a lot of local travel, mostly because I let my passport expire. Uh, not necessarily intentionally, but I knew I wasn't going anywhere when it was going to expire because COVID. I didn't feel comfortable traveling internationally, so I didn't see any you know, rush to get it renewed. I also didn't really feel comfortable sending it out to essentially have it sit on a desk or just with between the post office having a real shit go at it uh, over the past few years. And I didn't know if the passport office was even going to be open. I didn't know where my shit was going to end up. Um, now heads up, it's taking, I want to say like, I'm hearing five months for renewals. So I'm going to get on that soon just because I know I absolutely want to have my passport for next year. And I don't want any issues getting it, renewing it. Um, I don't want any holdups. So that is on my short list of things to do. Also on the ever growing list of things I don't feel like doing. But in my head, I also feel like I'm going to try to make that a little tutorial as in terms of how to renew your passport, just so that anybody else that needs the information will have it. So I will fall on that sword for us all. Um, it was really a year of just, I guess, reaffirming that I am very easy to entertain. It doesn't really take a lot to make me happy. I've always known myself to be a simple person. I enjoy the simple things in life. I'm one of those people that gets kind of easily, um, oh, shiny. This is pretty. You have my attention. 
I'm going to hold you. I'm not difficult to make happy. And in that same vein, I, even without a passport, was was also able to have what I feel to be a pretty fulfilling year of travel, all things considering. I haven't really felt comfortable doing long trips in terms of being on a plane for an extended amount of time with current, uh, current climate of the world of health, uh, the lack there of world health, that is. Um, and we've done all road trips. And this has also been the first year I've ever had a partner to travel with. So, you know, two, I won't say like huge things, but two changes in the way I travel. I've always been a solo traveler only because I live solo. It's just me and the dog. So the dog goes to my parents' house. Shout out to y'all. She'll be there Friday. Um, my dog goes to the parents' house and I take off. I go wherever I'm going and I do it by myself. Many of you know, I've done the two trips where I did go with a friend of mine and I went with my mom to, um, my mom, I took her to St. Martin for her birthday. And then we did the ferry to St. Bart's, spent the day there. That was a good time. Really great trip. And I went to Alberta with a girlfriend of mine. Hey, Chris. We ended up doing um, a week hiking and doing all types of outdoor activities and exploring, mostly hiking. Um, Great fucking time, both trips. Uh, But of course, on both trips, love both of these women, but we were ready to kill each other at some point in the the week that we were there or so. Um, My partner, on the other hand, we thankfully don't really have those same uh, points of contention, if you will. And it's been a beautiful time. We are very compatible in terms of not just our relationship, but in our travel, Um, I guess, travel desires or needs in order to enjoy travel. So it's been very enjoyable for me, at least. I mean, he ain't said nothing about being unpleased with the type of travel that we've been doing. Um, so I've fucking loved it. And I don't know if y'all know, but I hate driving. I've always had a license. I've always had a car, um, since I was 16 as a kid, I guess you don't really find nothing wrong with it, but as an adult, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't mind, you know, a quick little trip if there's no traffic, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't enjoy fucking driving. So it's been quite the joy, quite the joy to also have a partner who enjoys or doesn't mind doing the things that I abhor. He doesn't mind driving. So for the most part, he does all the driving, uh, for longer trips, or if we've got, you know, more time in between our leaving and going, we'll split the drive. Anything longer than like six hours, I'm not making that man drive by himself. And there is no make. I don't believe it. We both grown. Neither one of us makes the other do anything. But um, yeah, I've on the drive to Vermont, I drove all the way there and he drove back. Uh, we loved Vermont. Vermont was a great time. We went during a good time of the year. So we did November in a cabin. The couple had like 
20 acres of property. So there is plenty of space to hike and all that jazz and good time of the year because there were no bugs. So they had a really cute little pond. Well, I had two ponds actually on the property and you know, it was not good weather to swim, but it also made for no bugs. Since it was November, there was also no, at least during our stay, we didn't have any wild or we didn't have any crazy wildlife. So that was also super clutch. Uh, so Vermont was a really good time for us. We had a, a nice, loving, enjoyable week in a random cabin in the woods. Um, then we did Philly. Philly was a great time. Shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Drew and um, Shira, Black Girl Girl Traveler. And we all linked up while we were out in Philly. We stayed in Gaberhood. We had an incredible time. We stayed at the Sonder property, which was actually pretty cute. I um, I don't get why they didn't have any tables. There were no like kitchen table, eating table, table to work. But it was a beautiful little stay. It was that was you know the only downfall to it for me. Um, Philly was a good time for the friends, and everything we did was walking distance, and the weather was perfect. It was maybe 80, 90 degrees while we were there, and we did a lot of outside stuff in terms of doing the walking tour, the no reservations tour, which I would recommend. You can book that on Airbnb, and we did the African American History Museum out there. And what else did we do in Philly? Philly, we just did a lot of, you know, it was a lot of food in Philly. Philly was cool for food. We pulled up and ate with friends a lot also. So Philly was like two and a half hours. I think it took us to get there. So again, quick drive from New York made for an incredible weekend stay. And most recently we did Hartford, Connecticut, which was only two hours away again, straight from New York, easy drive, especially since I didn't do it. And we ended up staying at the beautiful Goodwin Hotel. Absolutely loved the stay. Everything was walkable. However, we already had events. There were there was stuff going on for it to be walkable too. Um, so I would suggest if you're going to go to Hartford that you try to go when there's something that you're intending to do. They had the best food hands down. I enjoyed the food the absolute most in Hartford between the best mac and cheese I ever had in my life at City Steam Brewery to the ever-loving chef's kiss jerk calamari at the Russell. Loved, loved, loved Hartford and the food. I also had a really good brunch dish. I don't remember what I got. I know I had, I think it was, oh, fish and grits. And that was from Black Eyed Sally's, I want to say. And music. There was jazz fest was live and I went to go see, um, a perform fantastic, absolutely phenomenal artist. So I really feel like those trips in particular were a reminder in there's joy close to home. You don't, I don't have to go far. I don't have to make something complicated. I don't have to be really deep about something. Like it doesn't have to intentionally be, you know, detailed out to be, you know, momentous. It doesn't take a lot to put together something that can be impactful. There's value where you assign it. 
And for me, just being able to spend quality time exploring my, with my partner and doing new things the same way I would do in these foreign countries was beautiful. It was enjoyable. And I really, really appreciate it and value it. And it was a really nice reminder when I think back on, you know, how enjoyable these trips have been that I don't have to orchestrate a, you know, a super complicated, a super complex or ornate experience to get a very enjoyable and meaningful um, result from a trip. So I would absolutely, absolutely recommend a road trip. One, it's way more cost effective unless you're doing like 89 flight round trip to get someplace. But then also that'll lead me to this travel anxiety that I'm having. Um, I've never been so worried or so concerned about delays and like issues in the airport. So because of said expired passport, we're going to Miami for my birthday. Um, And I am a part of a couple of different Facebook travel groups and I've heard nothing, well, seen nothing, but cancellations, delays on delays, on cancellations, just on top of just, you know, between there being a pilot shortage and the airlines not having appropriate or adequate staff or um, planes to meet the demand. And I'm not even gonna hold you, the kid is nervous. We could always do our best. We get there, you know, early enough that it's not on our fault. It's not on our end that there are complications. You know, you can only do what you can do. But I'm super stressed about um, how this really simple and frequently done domestic flight is going to go. Um, At least, at least I will have just in there to keep me calm. However, I tend to be a more calm person as is. So it'll probably be me keeping him calm. But um, at least we'll have each other to entertain ourselves. But driving is a much better way to control your circumstances, right? Especially when it comes to travel. You're the one on the road, you're the one behind the wheel. We all know that there are, of course, unforeseen circumstances that can occur, accidents and traffic. Things go wrong. That's never not going to be the case. Things are always going to be wrong. However, you've got a little bit more power and more control in how you decide to bounce back or, you know, the. You're just more in control. When you're driving, if you decide, you know what, this rain is too much, it's a weather issue, I'm going to pull over and choose to sleep in my car or at the airport versus I'm going to find some lodging. I am going to just call it a day and watch crappy cable on whatever, you know, stations this little motel or hotel actually has available. Or you know what? So we're not going to be able to make it there today or we can leave earlier or we can leave later. There's so many different things and variables and factors that you can control when you are the person that's driving. And I've enjoyed that about the road trips. We can stop when we want. We can, 
you know, um, leave as early or as late to mitigate the traffic that we're going to deal with. This way, we don't necessarily have to deal with crowded airports or crowded rest stops. That's all, for the most part, in our hands. And that has given me a lot more, um, I guess you could say, peace than I expected. I've enjoyed that aspect of being in control. And I also look forward to doing, you know, many more road trips because of that. Um, I really, I enjoy control. I like being the master of my own ship, if you will. So the road trips have really been a a distraction from, you know, tropical destinations and, you know, hikes up volcanoes and zip lining across rainforest types. Let's drive with somebody that I love, good music, good company, and a great destination. So overall, I really don't think that I've lost anything by not being able to do any foreign destinations. All it is, is not being able to check off countries on my list. Not that I have lost the desire to do these things. Not that I've, um, not that the value of those things has lessened in importance to me. I've just been able to fill my personal desire for excitement and newness in a different way. What else did I have here? I'm realizing that I tend to kind of be, oh, oh, one of the things that I also wanted to mention about uh, road trips is that the beauty in doing something, I live in New York, so we all know everything's wildly expensive in New York, right? A five-star hotel, currently out of my budget in New York especially if I'm staying for more than one night, like that one night staying at a really nice, nice hotel on paper. Cause unless you're going to see them in person or taking personal recommendations, you know, you look at the descriptions and the amenities and you go by what the reviews and star rating is. And that's how you determine something's a five-star hotel. You could also, I'm sure visit a, you know, five heart, five-star hotel in other countries and other places and realize, oh, okay, this isn't like a four seasons, five-star. This is just a, we hit all of these marks on the list of accommodations you have to provide in order to be considered five-star. But all that being said, doing road trips and staying in places or um, mitigating my costs for travel have given me the opportunity to be able to afford nicer accommodations. I don't necessarily, um, in the United States, we don't have uh, you know, entire house for $25 a night with a pool and three bedrooms. You know, this isn't Bali. But I have been able to not stress or not sweat the cost of nice accommodations because they're in neighboring states. I've never stayed at a five-star property until I went to Connecticut. I've never, at least to my knowledge, never stayed in a suite until, well, have I? I think I have. I don't know. I don't think I've ever booked a suite. Let's go at it that way. I'm pretty sure I've never, in the United States, I'm pretty sure I opted for a suite, I think, in Costa Rica and had to negotiate to get that. But 
yeah, in the States, I don't think that I had ever, um, stayed like in a five-star property or in a suite. And I was able to do that in Hartford because it's much cheaper than it is in New York. Um, and had a really great experience there, as I've said. So I would suggest that if you're going to do things that are local, consider opportunities to indulge in amenities or, you know, services that you may not necessarily be able to afford. Consider going over, driving to, I don't know, Kentucky or driving to, I feel like Colorado is expensive. Probably some areas in Colorado are more price accommodating, but, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another Idaho. Idaho ain't really asking for no bread. They can't be. It's fucking Idaho. But um, try going to states or local areas, safety in mind, of course, where you're able to experience something a little bit more luxurious because it's not going to cost as much as where you live. And that's for especially all of my listeners that live in really big cities, you know? So look into those options, cost-effective ways to step outside of your regular budgetary limits, uh, because one, you're not having to pay for airfare, but also consider, yeah, you do got to pay for tolls. You do got to pay for tax, uh, for gas and, you know, things of those nature. It's not a free trip, but it's absolutely less expensive than if you were to fly. So that's one thing that I have been able to take advantage of. So Road trips. If you haven't done it yet, start small. This is especially a great time if you already have your car because we all know them car rental prices are nuts. Insane. However, I will also say that while those prices may be insane, consider how long you're going to have the car going to where you want to go and what the cost of a flight to get there may actually be. So while it may be $75 a day, if the flight to get there is $500 round trip and it's only going to take you two days to get there. Well, no, because then you're also going to have, damn y'all, you got to do the math. But if it's going to be like an overnight trip or if it's something that is um, only a weekend, like if you're doing a weekend trip, it might actually be more cost effective to do the car rental than to book you know, a flight as an option, but that's something you got to look into. I have a car. So anything that's going from or anywhere that we're going to from, uh, drivable from where I'm at is no concern. So I listen, I don't got tips for every situation, but I'm gonna tell you what I've done and what you can try as well. And also you got to know, you know, in every bag of advice, take what resonates, take what you can from it and dismiss the rest. Um, it's the same in all avenues and areas of life. If someone is giving you cooking advice, but you know that you don't eat meat. Okay. So the meat portion of the recipe, you may be able to ignore, but you substitute it with something that you know works for you, or you use other pieces of the recipe. You use the salad dressing portion of the meals recipe, you know, stuff like that, guys. Um, I find that I have been doing a lot of thinging, if that makes sense, tangible goods. I try not to be a hoarder of things. I try not to really buy 
crap that I don't need or that I'm not going to use. I used to have a rule that I'd put it in my cart online, of course, because God forbid I go into a store, but I would put it in my cart and leave it there. And if like a day or three days later or a week later, I still want it, then I would buy it because it would kind of give me that gauge of, okay, if this is something that you actually want, excuse me, you're going to want it a week from now. A lot of times I want something in the moment and then a couple days later be like, you know, good and well, you ain't going to go out and do X, Y, and Z. Don't waste your money. Or let's revisit this uh, in a couple of months and see if I'm still interested in something. I tend to, that's me. I've learned my personality. And that's another thing that I have come to terms with over, over these 36 years that I am, I don't want to say an ever and a flower, but I'm one of those people's, um, one of those people that goes through different um, stages or I go through, oh, this is exciting. This is new. I want to try this. I was vegan for three months, um, maybe three weeks. I think it was more like three weeks. Um, what else did I, one of my little, I don't want to say sessions. One of my, um, oh, I'm going to cook more. I'm going to spend $300, $400 on this pressure cooker. And I got the, uh, what is it? The crock pot, the pressure cooker thing. You know, those things. I bought one of those. I think I used it like a total of six times. And I bought that thing maybe five years ago. I think it's sitting in my parents' basement. I ended up giving it to my dad so he could cook with it. Um, I know that I tend to be one of those kinds of people that gets an idea of doing something in their head. I want to start running. I'm going to work out. I'll buy $300 worth of workout gear, new sneakers, and you know, three sets of leggings and some uh, crop tops and sports bras. I'll go outside once. It's who I am. So I try to, you know, not judge myself. That's one of the things that has been pretty difficult though, is not judging myself so critically and so harshly, not being, I feel like I, I absolutely, I don't feel like I know that I judge myself more than I judge other people. I'm probably one of the most understanding and compassionate people that you marginally know. Um, And that's not even an exaggeration. That is something that I can 100% say about myself factually. I really try not to be a judgy person. I just have a capacity to kind of get or understand why somebody would do almost anything. I don't always approve of what they do or it's not always something that I would do. But I'm a good storyteller and that storyteller extends to I could possibly think of a couple different reasons why this would have made sense for this person to do in this situation, right? But I don't extend that same storytelling to myself. It's always the, you should do this or that should have been done or why would you even not know that this could be a thing? I'm really harsh and critical on myself. And that's one of the things that I have not yet been able to mitigate too well, but it's a learning progress. And if I did learn any one consistent, I don't even like saying that. I've learned a lot of different things and all of those lessons are important. But um, one of those lessons would be, I'm not gonna have it all figured out and I'm not gonna be good at everything at once. I'm not going to, you know, go through every stage of my life during this stage as 
well as I would like to do it. And that's what makes living life um, a little bit more exciting, right? You have the opportunity to do it better. It's the way with travel. You have the opportunity to learn more, to see more, and to learn from your mistakes. I made a ton of travel mistakes, if you will, when I started traveling, but I lived through the experience and I have the experience now that I could share and try to help other people from making the same mistakes, like staying at a cheaper accommodation that's further away from the city, but now you're spending 10 times more than you would have liked to because you're paying for taxis and just sitting on the bus or the train for four hours trying to, you know, get to the center of the city to do all of the exciting things that you actually went to this destination to do in the first place. Or they're out of your reach now because they either cost too much or they take too long for you to get there. So little lessons like that that I've learned because I made the mistake. And I feel like some lessons are just easier to learn through your own experience versus through secondhand experience. It's easier to learn it when you do it, when you fuck it up, versus when someone tells you how they fucked it up, right? There's some things that just don't resonate the same. And alas, we all have those those um, lessons that we had to learn on our own and lessons that we haven't learned completely or fully yet. And, you know, not living in my head and beating myself up. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm overly critical, but I do think that I would not be criticized as much by someone else as I would criticize myself. So I don't know if that constitutes overcritical definitively, but you get where I'm going. Um, but one thing I will always buy is a new bathing suit is a new bathing suit. That's the one thing that I love, love, love having a lot of, especially because I refuse to spend more than maybe like $30 and that's even stretching it. I love Matt, which I just found out was a black owned company. So I've got probably the most bathing suits from Matt and that's M-A-T-T-E. Um, Actually, I'll throw that affiliate link in the description box. Feel free to grab some of those swimsuits. What else? Um, there's Matt and they'll also, spoiler um, or pro tip, they have $10 sales, $16 sales, buy one, get one, uh, 50% off sales. There's always a freaking sale at Matt. So follow them or sign up to their mailing list, whatever it is you got to do. Be in the know because the suits are cute. I think that they're good quality. They fit well when you find what size works for you. And um, I've always been pleased with those suits when they come in. Uh, But Matt, Amazon, the prices on Amazon done went up, y'all. But you can still find $10, $20, uh, $15 swimsuits. And I've had relatively decent luck with Amazon suits. Amazon suits, you may end up getting something like the sizing may be a little janky, but overall... I'm cool with, you know, cheap bathing suits because I don't have a lot to really fall out. I'm not really, there's certain things that aren't of an issue to me that works for me to be able to buy them really cheap. Um, Also because I don't want to wear them more than the one time. So for me, a $10 suit, $20 suit, two chef's kiss in one episode. So I am... Having to remind myself, however, 
especially when I'm going to local destinations that I don't have to pack or I don't have to like have as much shit as I would tell myself I'd feel comfortable having if I'm going international. If I need Tylenol, I'll be in Florida. I can just ask the front desk for Tylenol. If I, you know, run out of tampons, I can go to CVS and buy tampons. I'm in the United States. So I'm having to remind myself that I don't necessarily have to pack the same way that I would if I were going to a um, location where I was going to have a difficult time deciphering or understanding the language to find what I needed, or if not knowing whether or not uh, the same products or the same um, safety measures were put or held over products the way that they I know them or the way that I shop or am comfortable with in the United States. So I was looking for, I was looking, uh, I was on Amazon about to order like um, more Pepto, travel Tylenol, well, not travel Tylenol, but, um, you know, a bunch of different like travel medications. I'm like, sis, for what? You went to the United States, fucking Walgreens. You can make it happen. So I'm ha- I'm realizing that in hindsight, I should probably do a an audit, if you will, on what is necessary and what is nice to have. So that is a little, I'm going to maybe, possibly, not sure yet, try to downsize my packing. Especially now that I know that if I need something, I can just buy it. Not in a spend mad money or spending money that I don't have to, but it's also just stuff. A lot of times just stuff is just stuff and it's not useful or it's not, it's a comfort for me to have and to not need anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a comfort for me in a lot of um, instances to not have to ask for anything, to not have to rely on, you know, someone else to get, or, you know, advise me as to where I can find different things, but I'm seeing it in a light where it's kind of like, okay, might be doing a lot. You will be fine if you have to adapt and figure something else out, or you'll be fine if you have to, you know, go with a, not, I don't want to say necessary with a, like with an alternative that'll work, but maybe not as well as, you know, you would have liked for what you initially anticipated. It makes sense in my head. I just feel like I'm, I tend to, I'm seeing where I am doing more to stress myself out. And that's what, that's what it is. That's what I was leaving out. I'm seeing that I'm stressing myself out about little things like shit. All right. So am I got, do I have to walk to target now after I get off work or all right, maybe if I drive up here, I'll go pick this up or if I, for what? What are the chances that you're going to need this? Have you ever used it in another country? All right. No, you can actually buy it in this country if you need it. Relax. You don't have to go out of your way. You don't have to spend extra on the travel version of it. You don't have to buy X, Y, and Z to have just in case you need, or you don't need to buy a new one of these to check, to test this out. You'll be fine. So it's more, it's been a little bit more of a reminder that, you know, I'm fine with what I have and 
I can absolutely make do. Um, and I'm also, I also had a moment. It was most recently I remembered, but I think it's been one of those things that has been, it's kind of like when you buy a red car and you start seeing red cars everywhere. It's been one of those, I guess, messages that I've seen, you know, frequently reiterated to remember that you, you have some of the things that you prayed for or to recognize when you have something that you've prayed for. And I remember, well, I'll say, I'll share with you the last, the most recent kind of aha, like I was exploring and tinkering around with my new suitcase. I broke a wheel on my last suitcase years ago. I think I bought this, let's say I bought the suitcase in, let's just say June, 2018. By December, 2018, there was a broken wheel. So I'd been carrying around a suitcase with a broken wheel for like two years. And it was because I would keep forgetting that the wheel was broken because I'd drag it home and then put it in the closet and then not think about it till I went someplace else and be like, fuck, I ain't going to buy no suitcase right now. It's not going to make it here in time. And I'm absolutely not going to Macy's. And I'm also just over buying suitcases from Macy's because they keep breaking. Um, so I'd had my eye on an away suitcase for quite some time. And I was just like, oof, I am the $100 suitcase girl. I've bought, you know, I actually had one really good uh, suitcase that was my green suitcase. I love that one. I bought that from Macy's. I think I spent like $100. That lasted me for about three years, two years. And then the last one lasts a couple of months. And I just didn't have it in me to go through the whole warranty process. They make it so difficult. Long and short, I need a new suitcase. I had my eye on that away suitcase for the longest with the, uh, what do you call it? The charger inside. And I finally got one. I got it. And I was sitting on the couch with Justin and I'm looking over. I'm like, no, actually I was sitting on the floor and I was reading the little handbook that comes with it that explains like, you know, your warranties and how to um, clean it and, you know, that kind of shit that they put in the bag. And I'm like, yo, I've wanted one of these for years. I got one. Like I, I got something that I wanted. And that has reminded me to not necessarily focus so much on what I haven't done or what I haven't amounted to or what I haven't accomplished or you know, what's still on the horizon to be done, not necessarily to, you know, dismiss the work that still needs to be done to get where I want to get, but sometimes to just take more moments to kind of recognize I didn't give up. I'm still going and I've absolutely gained so many things that I wanted two years ago that I have now. I've had a lot of prayers answered and I'm not really a praying person, honestly. So this is more in theory, if you will, but well, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a traditionally praying person. Like I was raised Catholic, so I don't go to church. Um, I don't believe in, I guess the narrative of, 
God that they um, taught me in school, if you will. I think I've kind of grown into and curated my own beliefs from, you know, learning about different belief systems and cultures. And it just feels good to me. Um, For me, God is just the universe. And I don't necessarily believe that there has to be one God, but I do believe that there is one overall higher, greater power that the way, and you know, what's so weird is that when Catholics say we believe in one God, the father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And what's wild is I haven't been to church in years, but dumb Catholic schools, man, routine will absolutely work because if I were to go to church tomorrow and before they did the whole new apostles creed and all them church changes that they made and shit. As soon as you open your mouth and you start talking, you start speaking, it all comes out. So back to my little point I was making, uh, Catholics will have you think that, you know, there's one God, right. But then they also say like, there's God, the Holy spirit and Jesus Christ. So it's kind of like, huh? So granted y'all always said that like God was like the highest power, but then the Holy Spirit and Jesus were like, ooh, but you can still pray to them. You can still ask them for stuff. Mary, you can still pray to her. You can still ask her for stuff. The saints, you can still pray to her. You can still ask her for stuff. And then like shit on people that believed in multiple gods. It just didn't really make sense. It's like, so y'all praying to so many other people and you know, oh, St. Anthony's protecting me from this or St. Anthony had, my grandma would always pray to St. Anthony when she would lose something. And You know, or she would say, you know, ask your uncle, ask your uncle Anthony to help you look for something or to, you know, help you uh, find something. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. That's not what I'm getting at. But between Orishas and deities, deities and religions that have multiple gods, it's just like all same shit, y'all. It's all the same. So it's, you know, one of those things where it's just like, for me, Personally, higher power, I can just ask for what I want. I can speak my desires openly and rely on whatever good there is in the world to help me get or find my way to that or to help align um, my greater good with those desires that I have. So that being said, I really think that not, you know, being thankful for the things that I've been able to manifest for myself um, gives a pretty shit message to the universe since I've asked for these things, right? And it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. It's not something that, you know, consistently happens on its own. I'm finding it to be an intentional practice. And I don't think that I've always considered certain life functions to be intentional. I, I feel like at one point I just thought, okay, at some point I'm going to get to that stage in my life where I'm just grateful for everything. And it all just makes sense seeing that that's not really the case. I'm seeing that it's going to be one of those Dana ebb and flows. It's going to be one of those things where I have to consistently remind myself and I have to relearn certain things and that's okay. 
I don't have to have it all figured out. You know, I don't know everything there is about travel, but I'm here to travel enough to learn as much as the universe is going to allow for. And I'm gonna have a good time while I do it. So it's been a good year. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my health because I think whether you've wanted to or not, and whether you've been fighting it or not, this past year, almost two years now, has been a really big eye-opener for a lot of us to really be reminded of how important your health is. And I'm grateful for mine. I'm grateful for that of my families. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to rest. And I think that I, you know, have seen how much happier I am and how much more healthy and full as a person, as myself, I feel when I'm able to get the appropriate rest. And while I may not have been able to figure out how to quit my job yet, it's, you know, I'm able to now see what a life without that kind of stress looks like. And I've also learned through these years that I have to do a much better job of protecting my own peace because I do it in some ways very well. I do not allow for um, negativity in my home. That's not, I. my home is my temple. Like my house is very peaceful. I love where I live. And I've always been in any apartment I've had of my own space where I control the tone. I've always been very, very um, particular about that. I don't play about that. My house is going to be a safe space for me, period. And I am getting better with extending that safety to my mental. I'm getting better at learning what I need, learning what does not work for me, and learning what I will not tolerate, and learning what hurts. It's, you know, life will always give you those kinds of lessons. And while I've learned to adapt through travel, right? I've learned to pick up, pack, change, you know, learn new hacks and tips and tricks, packing cubes and discount codes and all of that shit in terms of apps for cheap flights and ways to do it affordably. And there's a million different ways for that. And, you know, I've spent all this time doing it for travel. And now it's kind of like the reminder that, Okay, you get to do that for yourself also. You you get to listen to what your spirit is telling you. You get to listen to what your heart is telling you about how you feel and, you know, adapt. And all the lessons I've learned through mistakes of travel, it's been a, re- a reflection of my past year has reminded me to really extend that ability to shift and pivot to myself. So that's pretty much it. 
If you want to give me a birthday gift, feel free to visit the website. There should be a link to donate if you want. Throw some shit in the PayPal. Or um, I don't know if the Cash App is in there. If you feel so inclined, that's cool. But I really just want you to stream the podcast. Join the mailing list. Um, I have a shit ton of ideas. There's so much that I have in my head that I am actively working on making come to life. And I would really love to have your support with that. And I can see your support in the data, in the analytics. So keep listening to the podcast. When you finish this episode, even if you're not going to listen, put on some other ones to play, pop back in and you may pop into an episode that you haven't heard that has a message that you haven't gotten. Share the podcast with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Tell your cousins about it. Tell your coworkers about it. You know, uh, share it on your social media. Stream it. Visit the website. I would really, really, really appreciate you supporting my work in that way. I would love to see, you know, those numbers jump. And also, don't forget, I'm doing the giveaway with Danielle of Alma Ocean. So definitely head over to that episode so that you can click the link in the description. The only um, way to be entered for the free pool or the floaters is to join that mailing list. And I would love to see you there. I uh, don't send a lot of emails, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, But I do have some cute little nuggets and, um, you know, helpful information that should be hitting those inboxes before the summer is out. So you got to be there to get it. That's pretty much it. Happy birthday to me and happy birthday to all the other Leos. May we all receive the gifts that we want as well as the gifts we need. And this has been another example of how travel is so much more than vacation. Not so much as some other episodes, but I realize I haven't done my little uh, tagline. I haven't, you know, signed off the episode with travel is more than vacation. Right. But, you know, in this instance, I learned a lot of lessons through travel. So shit, it applies. Travel is more than vacation. y'all. I will see you next week. Bye.